This is the Your Normal Podcast, and I'm your host, Blake Russell. It's a podcast where normal people speak about the usually unspoken. As always, it's a Monday morning here in St. Louis, Missouri, and I have to say, I'm feeling really great today. Um, the weather outside has been really nice. I've been getting back into running. I helped a dear friend of mine, Sam and I both helped a dear friend of ours uh, move, like start the moving process into her new house uh, this past weekend. And it just felt good to get out there and move my body and help somebody out um, and just do a good deed and hang out with somebody because uh, we don't, we haven't been doing that a lot this year. Um, and there, there just seems to be something kind of hopeful in the air with the weather changing. And that usually happens, but this right now, like with this past year and like being in quarantine and everything, and it's holding a little extra weight. Um, I bought a PS5 this weekend um, and I feel super stoked to be getting that. A lot of good things going on. And I'm, I'm super excited for, for not only the episode you were about to listen to, but all of the episodes that are going to be released in March. There's a lot of really good conversations coming up. And I hope you'll consider listening to at least some of them, if not all of them. Um, just to reflect really quickly uh, on the episode with Naomi from last week, it was uh, the, the topics discussed were, were some of the heavier topics discussed on the podcast so far, but they're really important topics. And Naomi showed a lot of courage in coming on and sharing her personal experience with a lot of hardships in her life. Uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, I encourage you to do so. Um, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful episode, and Naomi is a wonderful social worker here in St. Louis, Missouri, and a wonderful person, and I feel lucky to be associated with her in any way, in any way let alone to be able to call her a friend. And in this episode that you're about to listen to, it was a, it was a pleasure talking to, to Monica Johnson. She's a hairstylist in St. Louis, Missouri. She has um, uh, a studio space in Maplewood, Missouri on Manchester Road called Complex Studios. Um, I'll be tagging her on Instagram so you can look her up if you're of interest and uh, in checking out her work. Um, but in this episode, she, um, you know, she discussed, she, she's from a younger generation. She's 23 years old, I believe. Um, and we talk about uh, the differences between our generations. She kind of talks about being right in the middle between Gen Z and being a millennial. And, uh, you know, depending on which generation is behaving the most appropriately or optimally, she kind of chooses which way she leans on any given day. Um, she suffers from uh, rheumatoid arthritis as well as Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. I think I said that correctly. It's called, it's EDS. Um, both are chronic illnesses, um, and it's, it, it's incredibly trying for her on certain days. And, uh, she goes, she talks extensively about what that looks like, kind of educates me as well as anybody that's listening about what, what is involved with those diagnoses and what her day-to-day -day can look like. And we kind of, we kind of dabble in some conversations about healthcare in America, um, what that looks like for her. Um, she, she tragically lost a sibling, uh, uh, when she was a lot younger. Um, and she talks about 
that and what that looks like. And um, she's incredibly uh, courageous in sharing that and having the vulnerability to be able to do that in a public fashion. Uh, it was very much appreciated. And, you know, that's not all we, we talk about. There's a lot that we cover in this episode. And I hope you'll consider listening, at least, uh, you know, breaking it up in parts throughout the week or all at once. Uh, any listening is appreciated. Uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, as always, if you want to be a part of this podcast and you think you have a story uh, that you want to share, that you think people would want to know, um, uh, or, or just the opportunity to, to talk to me about, about anything that's on your mind, I, I, I encourage you to do so. You can text me, call me, reach out to the Instagram page. Um, or submit an email to talkaboutnormal at gmail.com. Remember to follow the Instagram at yournormal, Y-O-U-R-E-N-O-R-M-A-L, and follow on Spotify and subscribe on YouTube if you would. All right, everybody. I hope you all have a great week. I hope you enjoy this episode, and we will talk soon. Thank you. normal this is your normal podcast and i'm your host blake russell it's a monday morning uh in st louis missouri no idea what the weather is like right now i haven't been outside it's been one of those mornings um mad shout out to uh naomi for coming on speaking candidly about the topics that she did it was much appreciated naomi i hope you enjoyed the, the episode this week i'm super excited um i have an individual on here uh Monica Johnson. She is a hairstylist in St. Louis, Missouri. She has a shop in Maplewood, Missouri. So if you're interested, look her up on Instagram. I'll give her herself a chance to like promote herself and all that good stuff. Um, Monica, can you introduce yourself, please? Hi, I'm Monica. Um, like you said, I'm a hairstylist in Maplewood. I have a little shop. Um, yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've gone and, uh, I, I'm re I recently decided to grow out my hair and I went and saw yeah. Monica. <laughs> I went to Monica's shop and, she, and I was like, what do I do? And she was like, well, just grow it, you know, like, like you know, sure do its job. Yeah. Yeah. I felt really silly that day, but I appreciate it. Her shop's really cute. I think you should check it out. Um, so Monica, I appreciate you coming on. You re you're, you're another person that like reached out to me via the, the email options yeah. that I've been promoting, which was awesome. Um, and like all our other guests, I want you to, I feel like you had maybe a, at least a mildly difficult time coming up with five words to describe yourself. Uh, I definitely got some help from my mom. <laughs> shout out, shout out to mom. Thanks mom. Um, but let's go through this list. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do them in no particular order. So okay. um, this first one here, loving, I think that loving is a is a term that we all know what that means, but think of a specific incident that you have uh, engaged in that shows that you're a loving person. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes I'm um, the person that people come to when they don't need tough love, when they need kind of like the, the, the tender side of things. Um, nice. But a specific thing. Yeah. Oh sure. boy. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm helping my best friend plan her wedding. 
That's, Does that count? That's, that's loving. That yeah, counts. That's, I, yeah. I, I endorse. It's <laughs> uh, that's re- that's really nice. Um, <laughs> weddings, we- weddings in COVID, right? Is it like yeah. gonna be way later for them or what? Yeah, it's gonna be at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, very small. Um, in Oregon, which I'm cool. pretty pumped about. So hopefully this summer everyone gets vaccinated and it just feels yeah. a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I hope that COVID's at least somewhat under control and we have normal lives, obviously. Yeah. Um, last year I had I was in a wedding and I had to like I didn't feel comfortable and I didn't go. And I still feel so like ugh about it. So hopefully everything's well, under control. Um, yeah. I saw you I saw you tweet that you're going to Oregon twice this year. Yes. So actually I've got to do I'm doing a little road trip with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got some stuff she's got to bring up to her house in Seattle. So I think we're going to plan on, um, I'm going to go, she's going to drop me off in Oregon <laughs> and, yeah. um, that's where my best friend lives. And, cool. uh, I think we might do some dress shopping or something, just kind of hang out. I haven't seen her since last summer, so it'll be good. That'd be super good. Yeah. Yeah. It's been I, a long uh, time. Yeah. I, that makes me think of my friend Mark, who lives in Los Angeles, and it's been over a year too. Yeah, get out that way. I've never been to Oregon either, so you have to take a lot of pictures. Me neither. Yeah. I might have been on a road trip, but like I don't remember. Right. Like being there. Sure. Yeah. It's it's different when you're an adult and like you can like yeah. soak it in and all that shit. Yeah. Um, cool. So this next word I have here, uh, curious. What are you curious about, Monica? <laughs> I don't know. I just like learning. Um, okay. I, I don't know. I feel like if I see something or hear something in the news or hear some, hear about something new, like I want to dig into it and not just be like, Oh, okay. That's a thing. Like, yeah, I don't know. Or if, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. I I was going to ask, I was going to ask you, like, are you speaking (laughs) about like, what, what came up in my mind when you said that was like news and like, social media and people just being like oh it says that so i believe it are you saying that you're one of the people that like likes to take a step further and read and like verify yeah okay yeah i'm a multiple source kind of gal hell yeah there's not enough hell of, yeah n- not enough of you out there <laughs> uh what about um i have to say i do like i, I enjoy th- your posts on instagram like of your apartment and all the stuff you've been doing to it your apartment oh, looks thanks. badass it looks badass thanks um it's which literally is- all I've been doing because I don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. We've done a lot to the house too here. And it's, yeah. it's like, I get w- done with one thing. I'm like, okay, what can Your I do now? Your house is so cute. Oh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, that leads me to the next one here, creative. So outside of your apartment, like, are you creative in other avenues? Well, my job is yeah. a creative job. Um, you know, my mom's an artist. Mm-hmm. And so like, I've, I've never been one for like, pen to paper or like paint or anything like that but hair is just kind of like the way I can express myself and help other people express themselves Mm -hmm. in clothes and stuff like that um but yeah I just like I don't know I just like doing things creatively like finding other ways to do things yeah and I I I want to know like when people come to you for their hair do they have like specific things in mind or is it just like, I'm kind of thinking this and this, and then you have the creative liberty to like make it whatever, or how does that work? So repeat clients, like my regulars will just kind of be like, Oh, I'm thinking about this. Like, what do you think? And I'll just 
they kind of let me go up on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll get people that come in with like pictures of wigs that are like perfectly styled and not human hair. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I have to get a little <laughs> creative with like how to, in hair school, you're taught not to say no, but to say, okay, what about this? You know, like mm. we do in like a similar direction, but more obtainable and stuff like that. So I get a mix between the two. I really like the ones where I can just kind of do whatever I want, but yeah, that would be yeah. fun. I, yeah. uh, a lot of the pictures that you post, like, I don't know anything about hair. Like I had to go to you to be like, how do I grow hair? And you were like, grow it. Uh, like, but just but I happen. mean, the work you do looks, looks awesome. I don't think I've ever Thanks. told you. That. I think, I think it looks really cool. Um, and appreciate it. Yeah. Um, this, this next word here, I, I wrote a, I wrote a little ditty here. It was sincere with a question mark attached to it. So can you, can you tell me one, why you chose sincere and two, why you were unsure about it? Well, the question mark, I think was just towards the end of, that was my last word on the list because yeah. I was just like, are the, is this what you're wanting from me? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I didn't know what direction to go, but, um, sincere I I don't know I just feel like I'll tell you how it is mm-hmm. but cushiony in a loving way you know like I I'm not gonna beat around the bush with people mm-hmm. um most of the time um but I'm also just not gonna part of my French I'm not gonna bullshit anybody about like oh, life bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh that, so would it be passive aggressiveness? Is that something that you I, dislike? Least favorite thing ever. Oh, me it's, too. We let's I would give a, you a knock if we could. Yeah. Let's do it. Like it's I, so terrible. If something's on your mind and something's bugging you, no no one can read minds. And if you get mad because someone can't read your mind, mm-hmm. that's on you. <laughs> For sure. We were uh Sam and I were watching this this new show that popped up on Netflix called Canine Intervention. It's like a dog trainer show. <laughs> but, but, okay, I have a point to this. <laughs> we're going to get to it. So uh, it was like this guy goes into people's houses and fixes these dogs that are having disobedient behaviors and stuff. But this one couple was like fucking arguing over this dog. And this guy came in and was just teaching them about their dog. And then they felt like safe to like freely talk because there was a person in the room and they fixed a lot of their relational issues. And it was just because they talked about it. And it just blows my mind that more people like, don't just say things out loud to each other. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, It doesn't make sense. Just be candid. You're not going to, you can't get anything out of life if you're being fake or bottling it up and shit. Bottling it up. Um, Last word. Monica, resilient. I chose the best yeah. for last. That's my favorite word you chose. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Am I supposed to like deep in, go into that? Yeah, you can even talk about like what we're planning on talking. Talk about whatever you want to talk. Yeah. About. So it feels weird to call yourself or to say anything complimentary of yourself. You know, like you're always taught humility and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. I haven't been through what a lot of other people have been through, but a lot of people haven't been through what I've been through. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's, I'm somewhere in the middle of just um, life happening and getting through it and just choosing every day as a new day and starting over and Mm -hmm. 
I think I try really hard to just kind of start the day over, you know? I like that. And I, I, what, I don't remember exactly the words you just chose, but I liked it. Like the, uh, like having empathy, but like, I, I forget how you put it, but it made me think of, um, like, it's always a fine balance between like recognizing that like shit could be worse, mm-hmm. but, but this is really bad for me also. And yeah, like you can't somewhere just... in the middle, mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you get told a lot that people have it worse. Mm-hmm. Everyone does. Everyone in any sort of situation, people try to say it as a comforting thing. I don't know who thinks that's comforting. Mm-hmm. Uh, not me. But um, yeah, the, it can be said for anyone. Shit gets worse for other people. But mm-hmm. that doesn't take away from what you're dealing with and what you're having to go through. Yeah, it's super invalidating. Uh, for anybody that's yeah. ever said that or like it's just invalidating and like yes we all know that to be objectively true like most cases there's yeah. probably somewhere out there that has it worse off but like yeah. that still doesn't take away from like what the fuck you're going through and like yeah um so I think that's super important to say it loud appreciate you saying it. um I have a list of topics we're gonna get to what we can get to we're on a timeline here okay yeah. um but everybody kind of so far, we know that you're a hairstylist, you mm-hmm. live in St. St. Louis, you have your shops in Maplewood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to do no prompts. I want people to know who you are. Monica, like you could do childhood, you could do now. I don't really care. Speak about yourself. <laughs> why, should, why should people know you? Oh, um, well, I guess I'll just, so I'm 23. I'm a Libra. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cause I think it plays into a lot of this, but, um, live on my own, got a little shotgun apartment in South city. Um, I've got an awesome boyfriend of six years this month. It's Shout out Angelo. Yeah. Shout out to Angelo. Love you. <laughs> um, he's probably going to be watching this like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> but, uh, let's see. I'm born and raised in St. Louis. That's an interesting fact. <laughs> Gotta get where out did, of here. Where, whereabouts in St. Louis did you grow up? Oh, well, that's a whole nother thing. So I've okay. moved. I, I counted it once in high school. I've moved like 20 something times. I always, yeah. Um, lots of apartments, lots of little like townhomes, um, which honestly sounds kind of rough, but it was awesome. I got to, there's so much diversity in St. Louis every five miles. I like to say that I, I've always lived near Manchester road. (laughs) Like that's how you can track. I've slowly just gone East down Manchester road. Like it's weird. I have actually moved about five miles East every time. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, born and raised. Shout out to St. Luke's Hospital. I think that's where I was born. <laughs> My mom's gonna be like, no, that's not it. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully with the shout out. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about it. There's not okay. much more about me. I have two cats. They're awesome. They're both sunbathing right now. Right what are your cats' names? I don't remember. Forgive me. I've, I've met them and I don't remember their names. <sighs> gonna get a lot of judgment for this. Oh. Um, fatty. <laughs> Okay. self-explanatory but there's a reason 
Okay. Um, Please. So when we adopted her, we adopted her because she was fat. She was sitting in this cage, getting fatter and fatter. Um, but her name was Jade. Um, it's my best friend's name. <laughs> and then when my, you know, like we didn't meet until like right around there. Um, but also Jade just like didn't fit. It doesn't fit her. So we we just kind of started calling her that and it stuck. And now she has like 20 names. Yeah. You know, and then there's Sassy, which again, self-explanatory. Um, my so little cousin saying, named her that. <laughs> oh, that's cute. How old is your little cousin? She's in like eighth grade now, but she was super small. It's yeah. 2013. Okay. So like, yeah, whatever that is. Little kid. Eight years ago. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Um, so, so it'd be safe to say that, that fatty has like various nicknames, but fatty is just like the number one nickname. Yeah. But at the vet, she still goes by Jade. So we don't get judged. Okay. <laughs> please, Her please. government name is Jade. Yeah. It's by the book. Uh, so you've lived in St. Louis most of your life. Um, you've moved a lot. Um, and you're currently in South city on your five miles east, east path. So, uh, yeah, I'd say it might be actually closer to about two or three. I was in Maplewood, but yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. Yeah. You lived by, uh, you lived near me, right? You lived by that park. What was the park called? Yeah. It was by Ryan Hummert. Okay. Yeah. Um, or junior high. If you've been in Maple, it was junior high before it was Ryan Hummert, but yeah. I wouldn't know that, but thanks for, I yeah. Somebody's like, hell yeah, Monica. That's right. Um, so I, I, this kind of naturally segues into our conversation here. Like our next topic, you, you wanted to talk about like growing up in a family being the youngest child of your immediate mm-hmm. family, as well as um, experience being a child of divorce. So can you speak a little bit about like what it was like growing up as the youngest person and like um, speak as much as you want about the divorce? When was the first and... Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's, I mean, my whole life, my parents have been divorced. It's not like I was super young. So that's, I, I find it, I find it weird sometimes when people's parents are still together, which sounds like really, it sounds kind of depressing, but also not, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like when people are like, oh, like this is my childhood home. Like, oh. I don't have one of those, but I also lived in like 12 cool places. Um, But yeah, I was super young. I don't really remember much of it. It wasn't really, this sounds bad. It's not a big deal to me. My parents are two very different people. I am very lucky to have been raised by both of them um, in their own way. Like they, I feel like I got some cool traits from both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. And then being the youngest, I basically got away with whatever I wanted (laughs) what do you mean like what like what I mean I never did anything terrible because you know you learned from the oldest Mm -hmm. um but I also had like the least amount of rules the least amount of anything just because you know I'm the youngest of four Mm -hmm. so um it was I lived a pretty low-key easy breezy life you know, the most I would get, they'd get onto me as like cleaning my room. My grades were average, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Did you, um, 
it, so you said you were really young when they got divorced. Were you like a baby? Were you? I was like kindergarten, maybe. I can't. Okay. I don't even remember. Is that, but I, you. So you kind of recall it, like you kind of recall it happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then you mentioned like you were you were still raised by both, and so because I because so I know your brother and I know you and um, but I don't think we I don't think we, any of us have ever talked about this. Like I I have this this uh maybe it's a misconception but i thought your mom didn't live in st louis at least for a period of time is that true she just moved like after i graduated hair school so like i was raised with her yeah no she moved to seattle after i was done with hair school so i I moved out of the house when she moved so like super recently though like last few years right yeah when did it like 2017 like okay 2018 Uh, maybe what took her to st louis or seattle uh she doesn't really other than my brother and I there's no family here for her mm-hmm. um her boyfriend works for Microsoft he's up there mm. big headquarters or whatever it's pretty she's always yeah. wanted to live there cool yes I want to see empty nester yeah um so what did like because it's interesting to me that you because it's you you threw out like a disclaimer like it sounds kind of sad or like but like you like your known experiences, like having two different parents and two different, di- different households, two different parenting styles, probably two different personalities. Um, what, what was your structure like as a kid? Do you remember? Like, did you go like, was it half and half? Like, what did it look like? So, I mean, luckily for me, I don't think that there was, like I said, I was super young. So I'm sure if there was some sort of huge battle for custody or whatever. I wouldn't remember it, but it was pretty easy breezy. Like my parents weren't best friends, but you know, we, me and my brother definitely got a say in what we were doing, especially by like middle school. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was never like, we were never withheld from one parent. It was pretty amicable most of the time, you know, like, I'm not saying it was a perfect, easy childhood, but I think looking back, at my age, I'm not too upset about it. <laughs> yeah. So. I, it, that's, that's super like, I don't know. That's it. It's not ideal when parents get divorced and that, but I, it sounds like other people. Out it's there, also like, sometimes not ideal ahead. when parents stay together. <laughs> that's true. It, uh, the flip side of that is very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's challenges with both. Um, mm-hmm. But it sounds, it sounds like within your situation, like, I know other people that have had worse experiences, but that kind of goes into what we were talking about earlier. There's probably yeah. other stuff with your situation that was difficult. Um, yeah. But mostly it sounds like a, a positive childhood. Um, yeah. I want to know, like, um, so that happened when you were super young and then it, mm-hmm. it sounds like it sounds like it didn't really have at least any conscious impact on you, like to its severe. Well, I, I gained two siblings out of it. So mm. my, I have a, older stepbrother that passed away and my Mm -hmm. older stepsister. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was, they became my siblings when I was so young that I don't consider them, you know, as Mm -hmm. step siblings, they're just my brother and sister, you know, were they they on your dad's side or your mom's side? On my dad's. So my stepmom's kids. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. So they're just to you, they're your siblings. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, yeah. I don't remember really much before them. That's super cool. You just, you got like bonus siblings. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it makes me think because you've disclosed to me um, 
you disclosed to me, I think even prior to like reaching out to me that uh, you've had a history with uh, uh, mental health challenges. And um, can you speak a little bit about like, the onset of that like what did, did, you, did you notice things when you were a kid like what when did you really start noticing that you were having challenges with that and like what did that look like and when did you start to like become open to like I need help with this and all that kind of stuff oh well I don't think I was the one that said I need help I think it was more uh I, I was in middle school I think when stuff kind of started you know um I mean like I said looking back I I'm really happy with how I was raised and stuff, but you know, hormones and all of that. I was lucky that my parents did put me in therapy when I was young. Cause I use a lot of that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, through middle school and high school, there was some struggles and with, especially I still deal with like anxiety. Um, not so much the depression anymore. Um, you know, but I mean, everyone has their days, but yeah, it was definitely like started with the depression and anxiety. And I think that just kind of came with everything that was happening and my little, you know, 13 year old mind, not being able to understand the good that was coming out of some of the bad, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm very grateful for all the therapy I went to when I was young. Yeah. Because I it's impacted me in a huge way. When you started going to therapy, you were that was middle school, like 13, like something like that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you I think, it's interesting? So. Yeah, it's interesting for me because within my current role as a therapist, yeah. like I I work with kids and shit like that. Um and shit like that. I work with kids and adults. <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna be watching this in 10 years be like oh my god the 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 and adults was shit like that so my bad um but i'm curious like do you recall like do you recall like did you see multiple therapists did you see one do you remember the stuff you did with your therapist i have a funny i have a funny story okay so you know like feeling or being young and the youngest kid you know you're kind of like I said, the rules relax, but also you're just kind of like the leftover. <laughs> that sounds so bad. But I, but I remember my mom calling to book my therapist. I don't want to say her name. Okay, good. But <laughs> it's, she has a great name, honestly. But, uh, and she moved to Texas out mm. of the blue and just dipped and left me. <laughs> it was just like, okay. And this was what, like 2008? So it was like before Zoom and all that. Mm. So, you know, that was the whole thing. I quit did, therapy, did, cold, tur- cold turkey, because I got ditched. Oh, uh, no. Did she get, so like, that's a huge thing. Like, because uh, people a are big people, deal. Because people are people and like, they need to like move on to in, in their life and like be able to like do whatever they want. But like for, the, ther- for, for the therapeutic relationship, obviously that had a there needs to be some closure did you not get any like she didn't have she just left she left a voicemail on my mom's phone i think oh my god (laughs) yeah it was unique but i mean it was fine it's not fine i'm like appalled that's my favorite word (laughs) everything's fine 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 no it's it's, fine uh, 
I, like as a therapist, I'm appalled to hear that story that you didn't get in. Like for me, like I try to do at least three, two or three sessions of like, Hey, I'm, we're, this is over, you know, that like, at least, yeah. So yeah, that sucks, man. I'm sorry that happened. Did, and, so, you know, I'm saying this, I was, I don't have a lot of like clear memory of, I think that's just part of like the whole anxiety thing of like certain moments in childhood. So this is my perception of it as, what was I, 13, as a 13 year old. So if I get a text from my mom being like, oh no, she left me an email. (laughs) I'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, I, did it take a long time? Like, well, I guess, did you ever go back to therapy after that? Or did it oh, yeah. something? Oh, yeah, okay. just not like immediately, I don't think. Okay, it took some time. Yeah. And it's not like I was like scorned or whatever. I was just kind of like, okay, I guess I'm done. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> but, I'm sorry that you had that experience, but I'm I'm happy to hear. Oh, God, it was years ago. But yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you, like, speak as much or as little as you would like about this. Um, Mm -hmm. But like you mentioned anxiety, depression, like when I I was a very anxious kid too, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. Like I was always like, I was always worried about dying. Like I was like, I'm going to choke on my food. Oh yeah. I was so, so freaked out about dying. I, uh, I had OCD. I remember like early, I remember early on, like I would, I would obsess about the channels when I was watching TV and it would have to end on a, a zero or a five when I would close doors, I, sometimes I would sit there for like 10 fucking minutes, like, Oh, make sure it's closed. Right. Yeah. And it didn't feel right when I released my hand. Uh, So can you speak a little bit about like what you mean about anxiety as much or as little as you'd like? Um, I mean, that's definitely what's still sticking with me. Mm -hmm. I think everyone deals with some sort of anxiety or panic or whatever, just the brain overworking. Um, But I, this, um, this does kind of link to another thing later, but, um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So I overthink a lot. Okay. I will think myself into a pit of despair and that like, if someone doesn't text me back, not even like they need to text me back, but I, I'm thinking in my head, oh, they're dead in a ditch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, oh, they hate me. It's like, oh, they're dead. They're gone. Oops. That's it. <laughs> That's a very, like, that would be it's a very huge, dark. No, it, it's like a huge weight to feel all the time, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I feel like I take on a lot of other people's emotions and other people's worry. Mm-hmm. And I hold on to it and I feel very stressed out that other people are feeling these emotions and I don't want them to feel these emotions. Mm-hmm. And it just, I, I guess I absorb a lot and it just sticks around. I'm going to ask you, it's just a question that came up and I want to ask you. It's a, very, it's, it's a very therapy question. Okay. Love it. Do you, do you ever think that maybe, have you thought about this? I'm going to ask, have you thought about it? Do you think yeah. that you that that might be something that you do because it's easier to like worry about other people's shit than your shit? One hundred percent. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I am not afraid. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd much rather deal with other people's stuff than my stuff. But then in turn, I, it's I like, feel like. Fuck. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I I was just gonna say I feel like that's 
semi-universal, maybe not to like a the same extent, but you know, it's super normal. That's a super normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, but then in turn, it's like, well, then I got all this other shit, and then it's like, oh I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And, uh, but I don't ask for help, you know. I don't want to, yeah. you know. I I'd yeah. rather help other people, but I won't ask anyone for help. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> um so like uh so obviously like with things like that um the anxiety and stuff like as it like continues to build and build and build and build over time a lot of the times it can turn into depression um yeah. were you ever were you were you ever diagnosed like clinically with depression mm-hmm. or anxiety really can young you speak a little bit about like the depression side without going all into it because I know it can be a difficult thing to talk about. I mean I think it's just more of like a processing thing for me, mm-hmm. you know, I, or maybe like hyper fixating on the bad sometimes, even though like I am kind of like a, um, toxic optimist. I try now, na- like now in my adulthood, mm-hmm. um, optimism is key for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I use that as like a way to not get into the dark and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, which works most of the time, but, um, you know, I don't know. It's been a while since I've had that. Luckily, you know, it's been a while since I've been feeling that. And I feel like it could kind of like segue into like the whole chronic illness thing where, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I think we can do that. Yeah. Well, I think like the last time I was really feeling that sort of darkness was, before I was diagnosed with okay. everything. Um, okay. um, for our, for our viewers, cause we talked a little yeah. bit before. This. Oh yeah. Uh, I forgot this uh, was before. That's no, okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, for, for people that are listening, uh, Monica, I'm going to let you like fix everything. I screw up when I say this, but Monica has been diagnosed with rheumatoid ar- arthritis yep. uh, and EDS. You don't, yeah, <laughs> I call it's, it EDS. Um, can so you speak to people about what it is? It, like, speak about what it is, like what it causes for you in your day to day, and like, you know, go into what you were talking about with the mental part of it. Yeah. Well. So, you know, as a 23 year old getting diagnosed, well, let's start with rheumatoid arthritis, which, you know, I feel like most that's more common, commonly known. Um, but people hear the word arthritis and assume, you know, like seven-year-old man. Um, so, you know, getting diagnosed with what people assume is like an old people disease at, you know, I was 19, I think when I got my official diagnosis, maybe 20. Um, and you know, I hear the phrase, oh, but you're so young. You're too young for that constantly. Mm-hmm constantly and that kind of you know it breeds a little self-doubt there's a lot of like imposter syndrome with invisible illnesses and invisible chronic illnesses like you can look at me on a good day and be like oh she's fine you know she could go run a marathon um and Monica, will you define imposter syndrome for anybody that doesn't yeah. know what that means? Yeah. I mean, I can. What you know, know it as. What yeah. You know it. Yeah. So just the self-doubt of constantly telling yourself, gaslighting yourself, basically saying, mm-hmm. oh, you're just making it up. It's fine. It's super bad on like good days. 
Like when I'm feeling good, when I can go hiking, when I can go around and just not be in terrible pain, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I convince myself I'm fine. You know, it's all in my head. Um, and I feel like that can be said for like a lot of people my age or a lot of people that have kind of actually there's this term that I really like called a dynamic disability. Um, a woman named Brianne Brennis kind of coined that. And it's just people with the chronic illnesses that have ebbs and flows sometimes don't feel like they can identify as disabled because I can go hiking sometimes. I can work Mm -hmm. um, on my good days and all of that. So it really, there's a lot of um, identity issues with identifying with like disabled Mm -hmm. um, because people look at me and they don't think that. So the dynamic disability kind of goes with um, stuff, invisible stuff you can't see mm-hmm. that feels kind of like invalid mm-hmm. sometimes. Can you, um, I have thoughts about this. This is, this yeah. is super, inter- I, I, I've never thought about what you're talking about ever. Um, but that's just because I haven't had that experience. Yeah. So, um, on a, like in my work, I've worked with people that have RA, um, but for anybody mm-hmm. that hasn't known anybody or worked with people that have it, can you like, obviously you're talking about pain, but can you speak more specifically about like what it, what it does to your body and like on a bad day, as opposed to days you can go hiking, like what it looks like? Yeah. So it is an inflammatory disease, um, that people just think it kind of, you know, hurts your joints or your joints swell. It's a lot more in depth than that. Um, it can affect like your organ system and everything like that. Um, so I guess I'll kind of bounce back to the EDS, which is, I have a hard time saying it, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is kind of like a symptom of autoimmune, which is like hypermobility, which means that my joints are extra stretchy, which as a kid, I thought like, oh, I'm just flexible, Mm -hmm. but now it's like actually causing some issues for me. Um, like with all of my joints, um, just the combination of the inflammation and the extra stretchiness of it. Um, what was I saying? You were talking, uh, you, were, you were starting to give like the part of, I don't know how to say EDS, uh, and like, yeah. how to, yeah, let's talk about brain fog. That's a whole nother system. That's what people don't think about when, um, they think about like chronic illnesses and chronic pain. My brain will just stop working. Like I'll be mid sentence, probably like I just was. And Mm -hmm. because of like inflammation and just the pain and like focusing on a million other things happening in my body, because my body doesn't go on autopilot most Mm -hmm. times. I've got to, you know, like when I'm walking, I feel everything, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not just like, oh, I have to get from point A to point B. So my body just does it. I have to think about like, oh, my ankles are popping every step or, oh, my hips might slide out of place and stuff like that. So when you're constantly thinking about what your body does automatically, you just stuff goes, stuff goes awry upstairs. (laughs) There's like too much. Is it like too much to, is it just like almost over processing? 
Yeah, like there's too much to process and Mm -hmm. then it's just like shut down, fuck it all. Yeah. Like, okay, okay. I mean, basically, yeah, I'll be in the middle Mm -hmm. of a sentence. It's so bad at work because I'm focusing on doing hair and I'm, but I also have in the back of my mind, the pain. And so Mm -hmm. I'll be mid-sentence while like cutting someone's hair and have absolutely no clue what I'm talking about. I'd be like, Mm. what was I saying? And they'd be like, I don't even know. So that's a fun symptom that most people don't even think about. I would have never thought of that. Um, but that's, yeah. that's honestly, that's good for me to know, like moving forward in my professional life, when I'm working with somebody that I know has RA, because yeah. then I'll be like, okay, it wasn't that they weren't listening. It's just, they just had like an over-processing situation and I just need to help yeah. them like get back where we yeah. were. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been interesting, especially since my diagnosis, but also just since, um, social media has evolved and, you know, information has evolved. Um, and kind of my favorite phrase, especially for the past few years, you know, election, et cetera, is mm-hmm. in the age of information, ignorance is a choice. So we have the world at our fingertips to, if someone is experiencing something or whatever, your first instinct shouldn't be to doubt their experiences in their life. It should be to educate yourself because it gets exhausting. I mean, obviously not right now. That's the whole reason why I'm here, but it gets exhausting in my day-to-day life to have to validate all of my experiences and have to go through them constantly Mm. with other people and describe to other people, um, you know, what the pain is like, or explain to them why I don't look like I'm sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like my biggest message for other people is to just trust that people with chronic illnesses know their body a heck of a lot more than you do. And just trust what they're saying. You yeah, don't, like, you don't need an explanation. You don't need mm-hmm. the details. You know, I love that you said that. Cause like with anything in now, uh, yeah. in, in, in today's cl- like political climate, social climate, yeah. whatever you want to call it, like everybody errs on the side of like caution and like not wanting to believe what somebody's saying when really we should be like erring on the side of empathy and like, and then ruling things yeah. out. It could be with, mm-hmm. any, it could be with anything. It could be like race relations. It could be anything. Some people mm-hmm. just have this predisposition to be like, nah, they're just lazy or like instant doubt, instant yeah. doubt of other people. And it pisses me off. Um, but it's not great. <laughs> no, it's not a good thing. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I love that you shared that message and I hope that, you know, I hope that people either agree with what you're saying, or if they don't agree, they at least like consider to, to think of the alternative. Um, I'm being mindful of time. We have about 20, 30 minutes. Okay. Something like that. Um, I do, I want to know just a little bit more about, I have one more question about RA Mm -hmm. and EDS. Um, are there, are there certain things like, um, Oh shit. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm just going to say things that contribute to the, the pain, uh, more than other things or like, are there themes and like when you feel good or when, or is it just completely random? What have you noticed? Well, this weather has been knocking me out. Just that mm-hmm. polar vortex or whatever mm-hmm. was, I, I can feel the weather in my bones before I get out of bed. It's mm. ridiculous. And I always mm. thought that was so weird. Be like, oh, seeing it on TV, like, oh, my knees are telling me it's going to rain outside. 
No, it actually does. Like, yes, that's the truth, which I, you know, I'm not a scientist. I don't know why that actually happens, but I was going to ask you, have they ever like given you any education about that? Like any of your medical professionals that you, well, first of all, medical professionals don't actually give you any information on anything. They give you a diagnosis and a bill Mm -hmm. and sometimes some drugs. Mm -hmm. And I've done a lot of my research on my own. You know, I go to a rheumatologist and I see a nurse practitioner there and stuff like that. And she's great, but I see her 15 minutes every three to four months. I've done most of my research on my own because they deal with so much other stuff or whatever. Um, But yeah, that's enough. You've just got to be your own advocate with education on, which sucks. Cause I'm paying these suck. people, <laughs> I'm paying, yeah. you know, like it's I super totally sucks. just lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, it's okay. It, you were talking about, you were talking about how essentially you were saying like the healthcare system isn't ideal because like you have these really complex medical problems. And yeah. You only get like 15 minutes of time with people. And yeah. You have to do all the, the mm-hmm. work or the educating on your own. Yeah. So I think that also kind of leads to the stigma of chronic illnesses because medical professionals don't talk about it a lot. The people that are advocating for themselves online and advocating for themselves in the doctor's office have to, um, you know, do their own research. I was originally told that it was hormones and growing pains and X, Y, Z, my birth control and all sorts of stuff. Um, it wasn't until I went to like the chiropractor, my chiropractor who was a saint, she was like, you are not reacting to this the way you should be. There's something going on. Mm. Like your body is not like I was getting adjusted and everything was swelling. And I was just like, this is causing so much pain when it should be relieving pain. Um, and she was like, you need to go to a rheumatologist because it could be some sort of inflammatory situation. And she was right. Mm. Um, so I was lucky enough for her to have her because I was originally going to my primary care and, you know, they were telling me the usual, especially that they tell women, you know, it's hormones. It's, you know, just stupid stuff like that. You just get dismissed and you have to be your own advocate. And it's just, it's wild. It's a, it's super fun. I can't, I can't speak to, I obviously can't speak to being a woman, um, but I can speak to like the healthcare system and like having my own struggles and like, it's, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's like healthcare in America is like very profit driven and like, we're trying to get as many people in and make as much money as we can, or yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is, but I definitely agree that like diagnosis is important, uh, medically speaking for sure. Um, because it like eliminates all this shit that you have to do on your own and all these hoops you have to do and all mm-hmm. the wrong medications they put you on. And, um, I don't know what the answer is, um, but I definitely identify as a problem too. And I think we could talk about healthcare in America for like 55 hours. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I am extremely privileged to be 23 and on my dad's insurance. Mm. Oh, that's I, not even like a thing I have in my head anymore. That's, that's good. I can't imagine going through, especially the diagnosis process on like, I a without insurance around like Medicare or so, you know, cause that's probably when I turn 26, that's probably what I'm going to get on. It's like the, you know, what is it called? The, the formal care Obamacare. Act. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And, you know, cause during the diagnosis process, it took about a year mm-hmm. of going to my primary care of getting blood work, of getting ultrasounds because x-rays don't work and stuff like that. Um, which is super weird. People think ultrasounds, it's just babies. Um, but you know, the process of all of that. And then because I was young, um, not all my inflammatory markers are super built up. So there was a lot of doubt with that. Um, and it just kind of extended the process, but I can't imagine going through that without insurance because even with insurance, it put me in a little hole, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it costs, it's expensive to be sick in America. It's it's near impossible with insurance and it's impossible without it. Like it's in the, there's no good option. And, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't know. It makes me like, I get filled with anger when I hear stories and I hear like, it's just so silly. We're the richest country in the world. And here we are. Mm, Allegedly. Uh, Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, mindful of time. Okay. Yeah. So, I want you to speak a little bit because it's very, it's very, uh, it's very topical. Everybody's going through this pandemic in their own way. Um, we've been, yeah. we're, we're coming up on a year going through it. Um, can you speak a little bit about like having a small business and like also like, so what did that do to your small business? And two, like, what did it feel like? And what did it do to you personally having an autoimmune disorder or two of them? Um, speak a little bit about that. Yeah. So that's been pretty hard. I've spent the past year hearing, oh, it only affects people with um, illnesses and old people. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'm just, you know, I've spent the past year being told that people like me are dispensable and that like, oh, they shouldn't count towards the numbers because they're already sick. Mm-hmm. And that like, oh, well, they're the only ones getting sick, which A is just not true. And B just leads to people dismissing people that are sick and telling them that they can, you know, they can go ahead and die. That's (laughs) kind of what it is, right? Yeah, Yeah. it is. And I've spent the past year hearing that and not like in, like on Facebook, seeing family members post it, like distant family members, but still um, just posting like, oh, I'm not going to wear a mask because I'm perfectly healthy. Just. Yeah. So that's been one of my biggest issues. Um, I was very lucky to have opened my loft. So I'm just in a loft. I'm not in charge of anyone. I liked, I just rent. Um, and where I moved is awesome. Shout out to complex studios, shout out to Julie and Al. Um, they've been super great through all of this. Um, and yeah, the business side was, I feel lucky compared to a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. The illness side has, it's been hard just has hearing been, mm-hmm. just all of the, you know, dispensable, whatever. Sorry, what were you saying? No, I was going to say like, it's interesting to hear you talk about it because I, I didn't foresee you going like that route, like about, I don't, how do I, I, I don't want to like misquote you, but like, your disapproval of how people have approached this pandemic and like how they don't consider people outside of like themselves. Yeah. Uh, But I also like, because I would have assumed that you would have talked about like 
what, uh, like your worries and your anxieties about being exposed to the virus and like all that, but it's, you're, you seem to be having more, you, you're tussling more with like other people and like how they're not considering that, like, this could be potentially bad for you. Not just me. There's so many more people. It's called an invisible illness for a reason. You know, there's so many people dealing with it. Probably a larger percentage of people have autoimmune that don't, whether they know it or not, whether they're aware of it. Um, And just kind of dismissing such a huge chunk of the population, just so you don't have to wear a mask. is just like obscene to me. It's just like the most selfish thing in the world. Um, and I don't think a lot of people have hate in their heart when they say stuff like that. I think that it's just the lack of education and the lack of thought when they, you know, just throw that out there as a reason, you know, it's like, Oh, only chronic illness or chronically ill people get sick or autoimmune people get sick. Um, I, I do think that that was the hardest because I was lucky enough to be able to kind of just like shelter in place. I just stayed at home. I watched so much TV <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, I was lucky enough that I could be at home a lot and not expose myself. Yeah, that's good. And I mean, there's never been a better year for streaming services than this. Oh year. my God. <laughs> I think I have, I have every single one. It's yeah, disgusting. They've added up for us too. I'm like, I um, might as well get cable. Yeah, somebody, I saw somebody say on the internet, like, what, remember when streaming services were supposed to save you money? And it's like, oh, yeah, shit, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, um, I've got Disney Plus, Netflix, all that. It's oh ridiculous. Um, shit, I had a thought when you were talking Sorry. about, I got to try to remember it. And if I don't remember it, I'm going to just move on because I don't want people, have people listen to just silence. Um, okay. So, yeah. Uh, I don't remember. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I do yeah. want to ask, I want to ask you like, um, you, you had mentioned resilient as one of your words. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think after like, obviously I knew you before this and after people have listened to like the first 45 minutes of this or whatever, like they can probably surmise, like knowing the things that you've gone through with mental health and like now physical health and everything. I think that people can identify that, but I want to talk about another topic. Um, and I want to do it delicately, uh, yeah. because you know, you, some of the things you told me before, um, we started recording, um, but you had mentioned that you had yeah. lost, you, you mentioned that you had lost, a, uh, mm-hmm. well, first you said that through the divorce, you had gained two siblings mm-hmm. and then you and then you had mentioned that one had passed away. You, you said yeah. it very briefly. I don't know if people caught it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to like speak a little bit about that as much or as little as you'd like. I know you want to like consider your other family members and stuff, but what, what was that like for you? When did it happen? That kind of stuff. So um, I, I want to start off by saying my family finds joy in talking about him. You know, mm-hmm. it's a good, we like, we like to talk about him. His name is Matt. Um, my nephew is named after him. Um, so we lost him. It was actually my first week of high school, the first Friday at a new school. Um, it was actually Steven's birthday. I don't know if anyone knew that. My, Steven, my, Steven's her brother. Yeah. Yeah. Steven's my brother. So I, I'm Monica. Steven is older than me. Taylor's older than him. And Matt was the oldest of all of us. Okay. Um, which I feel like 
this past year has been interesting for me because he passed away when he was 22. Mm. So when I turn, sorry, I'm a little choked up. I'm fine. Um, it's okay. It's okay. When I turned 23 and I was like older than he was, that was a little interesting for me. Um, but you know, as the youngest losing the oldest, the middle two had a different relationship with him than I did. You know, um, he was kind of like the protector of me. He, he knew where the, where to draw the line with the picking on the little sister. Um, (laughs) you know, um, but he was a great person. We all miss him a lot. Um, yeah, that was 2012. 2012. So you would have been mm-hmm. like, you would have been like eighth grade or some seventh grade, eighth grade. I was, like it was freshman year. Okay. You were freshman. Mm-hmm. Freshman year. Um, and yeah, it was rough for everyone in different ways. I feel like everyone experienced it a lot different. Um, but you know, I was lucky to know him when I did, you know, and I take that and I just kind of hold on to that part. Yeah. That's, and that's like through the positive ones that you were talking about. And, um, I want to know, you, you mentioned that everybody, I don't, I don't remember how you put it, but they, they processed it differently mm-hmm. and, and grieving for people. It's a different journey for everyone. 100%. Yeah. Um, and I won't make you speak to what it was like for your other siblings or your parents yeah. or anything like that. But like, what, what do you think, like, how did it, like, what did you do? Like, how did it affect you? Like, how did you get through it? Like, what did you notice in yourself? I, so like I said, it, we had a different relationship mm-hmm. than the other two did. Um, I spent a little bit feeling like I got cheated out of a good relationship with him. Um, because like, I didn't get to grow up and like spend adulthood with him. Um, but you know, I, I don't really know what to say. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I'm trying to think, how did I process it? Um, I spent time kind of Well, at first I kind of wanted to, he was about to graduate from college and I had thought about kind of going to his college and doing stuff like that and honoring him that way. But like, it didn't, it wasn't a fit, you know? Um, But I just kind of like to honor him by just remembering all the good stuff he did for everybody. You know, like he um, volunteered in Belize and helped, um, do a bunch of awesome stuff. Um, and he was just a very kind hearted, happy, athletic, you know, he was just a great dude. And I just kind of try to honor him. (laughs) He was a great, he was a great dude. And Mm -hmm. just kind of like remembering that and just kind of living life the way that he would want to, you know, just helping people. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Like, I have a couple of thoughts. One, I appreciate yeah. you sharing. Uh, one, I appreciate you sharing what you have, and I know it's a difficult subject matter, and I appreciate you sharing. Um, I resi- the residual effects of the passing of your brother. Mm-hmm. Um, did like, is it something that you and your family 
talked about like throughout the whole like upfront and like throughout the whole thing is it something you talk about now like what does that look like are you guys open about it do you guys talk about yeah it it's not it's we don't talk about him in hushed tones you know like it's not good, like good no it's a very we talk about like especially with my other siblings occasionally we'll be like oh my god matt would have loved that or matt would have hated that you know like mm -hmm. stuff like that it's it's like i don't want to say he casually gets brought up but it's it's not like a no-no to talk about him and that feels good you know like we mm -hmm. it's we very much remember him through talking about him and talking about jokes and stuff and mm -hmm. um yeah just talking about the good stuff mm -hmm. and yeah it's like there's no yeah like that those things happened or like that that does remind and that's that just is yeah. what it is and yeah. i feel like a lot of I feel like this is something that I can speak on my siblings. It brings peace, you know, talking about it, talking about him and like the happy memories and stuff, which there are very few not happy memories with Matt, you know, like he's just like a chipper guy. Um, but yeah, it just feels good. Uh, I think that's wonderful. And I, uh, another question I had uh, was, cause you mentioned like the, the turning 23 and that holding a lot of yeah. weight for you. Um, uh, I know that that got you a little bit emotional, so that's not it's entirely specifically what I'm talking about. I want to know, like, now that you're 23, do you hold like a, do you hold a weight in yourself or do you, do, are you motivated? Let me, let me back up. So like, I, I've never lost a sibling. I've lost a very dear friend of mine um, or when she was very young, similar to Matt's age. Mm -hmm. And, and it was like very sudden and it didn't make a lot of sense. And I yeah. like see, still to this day, I'm 31. And I, I think about her often. And I think like, I feel fortunate to still be living and like experiencing yeah. life. And I think like, I, I almost motivate myself to like, do think like, to like speak, listen to my inner voice. And like, because I'm like, she doesn't have that opportunity. So do you feel yeah. any way do similar things? Like knowing that Matt doesn't have the opportunity to live life that you have now? Like, do you hold weight to, to do that? Are you motivated by that? I don't, I, th motivation is, the right word, but wait, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, I don't feel like it's a chore. Like, I don't feel like it's something I have to do. I don't feel the guilt to do it. I feel more like inspiration Cool. to, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like it's more like, I do find myself sometimes wondering like, what would he be doing right now? Like where, what would his life be like? Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's, it's always like good. Mm -hmm. He'd be doing something awesome, you know? Be, the belize thing's awesome like that's yeah. a really cool thing that he was doing at such yeah. a young age that's really rad yeah um okay well i mean before we try transition into the next topic i just want to make sure that you feel like heard and or if there's anything else that you want to say about matt or um oh no yeah you're right I'm okay good. yeah appreciate you sharing my face gets so red <laughs> it's okay <laughs> it's just the body and stuff it's the um, body. it's fine so uh, what do we have on time here? A few minutes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I want to, I want to, we were talking very briefly before this started about your, your tech, I'm a millennial and you're, okay. a, you're, okay. technically, you're technically in this gray area, uh, that yeah. I was unaware of between millennials and Gen Z. So, yeah. and you said something like that you take the, the positives from both. Can you speak a little bit about what it's like to oh, be yeah. I pick and choose in 97? 
yeah, I pick, yeah. T- I pick and choose about which one, depending on what's happening. Uh, so I'm 97, which mm-hmm. is highly debated whether or not that's the year that starts Gen Z or whatever, mm-hmm. which I think is so lame. Like, it's just a whole other way to divide people. Uh, like this whole skinny jeans thing, people are freaking out. It's like, wear what whatever is, you want. What is it? Oh, what is that? There's a debate about the middle part versus the side part and how side parts are out and skinny jeans are out. And <laughs> I'm just like, this is what we're talking about right now. This yeah. is, this is the big discussion, <laughs> but I just kind of pick and choose, you know, okay. so I, sometimes we get called like the zillennials, which that's a hard word to say, um, or the lost years or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, like I grew, I've always had a phone since I was young. It was a brick phone, like a little Nokia. I didn't have yeah. like an iPhone until high school, but mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't raised on an iPad, but yeah. I also wasn't, I don't know, raised on a desktop computer with DSL. So that's interesting. Cause I, cause the last two things you said was me. Like I, yeah. I, I grew up with a desktop and like instant messaging. And then I had, we no- had that from my older siblings, but like I, I was kind of like the one getting the newer stuff. Sure. Yeah. And I had the Nokia when I was in high school, no phone. Before mm-hmm. that. so that's interesting. Well, that's a whole other thing with the parents divorce. Like I, me and my brother shared a phone okay. for that purpose. Like we weren't like texting everybody. I've had, it was just to call the other parent. And I think that's the only numbers that were in it. Um, but you know, we still played outside all summer and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I got, I think I got the best of both worlds. Yeah. I think that's a good spot to be in. It's a good way to think about it. There was something, there was something that you put on the internet recently that I read and it was me. Yeah. Uh, There was, it was about, I think it was about Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. Oh, I love Phil Dunphy. Me too, by the way. Sam and I just started binge. We, I've been waiting for Modern Family to become bingeable for like eight years. Oh my God. No, I'm on like season five already. Yeah, we're on season three. We've been churning out too. Um, But you, like Phil Dunphy is my favorite character. And it it probably goes, for anybody that hasn't seen it, watch it, number one. But if you have. Best show ever. It's on Hulu. Yeah. uh, Phil Dunphy, Cam, and then probably little Luke in that order are my favorite characters. I really like those. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Phil, Lily. Lily is hilarious. And she just gets more and more (laughs) hilarious. Like their little daughter. She is the best. Um, And then I like Gloria. Gloria's great. Gloria's great. I think they're all great. I think they're all hilarious. And the funny thing is like the mixed family and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, like I relate to it so hard and the way like my family, especially on my dad's side with my stepmom and like my whole step family, like they're all really close. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got two gay uncles (laughs) that Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. are very close and, you know, we spend a lot of time together, especially like before all this. And it's just so funny how uncanny some of it is. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's very, very relatable. It's super good. It's, it's, it's like, it's, there's like a lot, there's a lot of dark things that they point out in families and like, but it's like very yeah. done in, a, it's done in a very light, uh, yeah. uh, co- comical, clever way. And that's what I like about yeah. it. It's like, they point out things that are like pretty dramatic and stuff, but they do it in like a, a delicate, like comedic way. And it's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful show. It really yeah. is. Uh, it's great. So, but you had post, like you had used an acronym 
that I was unfamiliar with to describe Phil Dumpy. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like, it started with an H. Is it on Twitter? Twitter? Yeah, it was on Twitter. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, this is me being being older and not knowing. I make my Twitter account a hate account most of the time for characters I dislike. So it was something like that. And you're right. But for Phil Dumpty, it's. uh... (laughs) I'm trying to find it. Oh, my tweets are so stupid. (laughs) That's like, that's my, my dump page. I liked it. It's funny. I get. uh... Oh. Oh, it's a Stan account. Is that what you're looking for? That's all I talked about. That's Stan the only account? Film. Stan. Stan. What is that? That's it. What is that? Oh, okay. I guess, is this a Gen Z thing? I think it's a Gen Z thing. I think so, Like, saying, yeah. like, oh, I stand this. It's just like, oh, I like him. Like, I, I don't I don't actually, this is where I'm the combination of millennial and Gen Z, because I don't actually know what it stands for, but I use it, you know? So, it's, it's, it's S-T-A-N, all caps, right? Well, I use it all caps because I'm aggressive, but I don't, th- I don't think it's an acronym um it might be I don't know I think it's from tumblr which I only had for a short period of time but I do definitely use uh gen z lingo without knowing what 50 percent of it is this is a microcosm yeah might get me in trouble because I might say something really stupid and have absolutely no idea there's probably there's probably like a 19 year old that's gonna listen to this and be like these fucking people like (laughs) no i'll probably have i'll probably have a client listen to it and come in that's where i get all my info is like all my high school clients Mm. and the um (laughs) cool so it just means you like them yeah i stand phil dunphy yeah this person's cool this person's awesome that's yeah okay i think well i think it just means i like him i really hope it doesn't mean anything else because i don't know (laughs) people are going to be googling like stan what does this mean um all right so a couple minutes i just want to like i want to wrap it up um and i just wanted i wanted to give you an opportunity like what are you because you mentioned like maybe wanting to get out of st louis i don't really know how strongly you feel about but what do you want like you're 23 let's say by 30 Mm -hmm. or next five years what does monica want out of her life what's what's going on (laughs) what's going on with you no i definitely i st louis is affordable and there's lots of free stuff to do. It's a good place to be in your twenties. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's, you know, um, but I want to see more. Mm -hmm. I've barely been out of the country. Mm -hmm. I think I was, I was the only time I've been out of the country is on a cruise, which that doesn't even count. Mm -hmm. Um, cause yeah. Anyway, it's just ocean uh, everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's just ocean and, you know, westernized little things that you dock onto. And it's basically little America, but, um, yeah, I just want to go see more. I want to go see life. I want to travel, um, which I feel like a lot of people can say right now. We've been stuck at home so much, Mm -hmm. but, um, I don't know. I definitely would consider moving somewhere else. I, but I don't want to be that the type of person that moves somewhere and is completely like dirt poor and struggling the whole time after feeling cushy here. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I want to, I want to move somewhere when I'm established. That makes sense. Do you feel you like, know. is Angelo in the same thought process with you? Like, are you guys both like, you want to see more stuff and do Yeah. I mean, more? we just yeah. kind of both, he wasn't really raised in St. Louis. He was in New Mexico, um, for quite a bit and moved back here in, uh, high school. So mm. he's, he's seen a little bit more than he's actually born in Canada. He's, he's seen a little bit more than me. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, he was only there for like a year, but, uh, yeah, I definitely want to see a little bit more. I, it's an option to move up North or maybe out of the country, mm. know, get some better, better healthcare. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sick. Help me. Uh, yes. you know, that's, that's cool. I hope that you guys, you know, maybe you guys can have some shared experiences. He can take you places oh, yeah. he's been, and then you guys can go do things that neither of you have. Yeah. I hope that for you. Um, I think both of us just kind of have like an open process for all of it. We don't have like, good. yeah. I think, but you're also speaking practically too. Like you need to feel more established probably financially and with your career and stuff until you yeah. do that. Um, yeah. But I, I think that's good. And I think just listen to your intuition and shit will be fine. Oh, yeah. um, so we're at the end here. I just want to know, do you have any final thoughts before we uh, wrap this up? I don't think so. I feel like we've covered a lot. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Um, appreciate you having me. Appreciate everybody listening. Uh I'll have a new uh, episode released next week, Monday, like before noon, probably. Thanks for coming on, Monica. Heck yeah. Thanks. Cool. See ya.